and welcome back to The Killer Kind. It's your host, Stephanie Miller, as always. And I wanted to say thank you for all the feedback and kind words from everyone that was excited that the podcast was back last week. That means so much to me, so thank you. So I'm back with another episode today. This one is tough, and it honestly is perfect, if you want to consider it that, for the month we're headed into. February, the month of love. There's a lot of love in this episode. There's a lot of hate, betrayal, and the unthinkable. So, just be careful this Valentine's Day. If you're the person that has a cheating spouse, if you're the mistress or side piece, if you will, or if you're the person doing the cheating, it's not worth it. None of it is worth it. It never is. That said, let's go ahead and dive into the story of the Gerardos and Meredith Chapman. Janair Cox met her future husband, Mark Gerardo, in the summer of 1986 in Fort Wayne, Indiana, when he was 18 and she was just 16. Janair was working at a local Taco Bell when Mark developed a crush on her. At the time, the two sang and danced in a show choir. There was no romantic involvement until a few years later when the two randomly ran into each other and sort of hit it off. Mark would later say that Janair was out of his league when they met. Actually, a lot of people said that Janair was much cooler than Mark, that he was more of the quiet, shy type, and she was more of an outgoing rebel. He said she came from a strict Catholic family, and she represented everything that he wasn't. He said, quote, She spoke her mind. She rebelled against the rules. But as they say, opposites attract. And they fell in love fast. Janair said that only after a few months of knowing him that she wanted to marry Mark. The two were head over heels and everyone around them knew that they would eventually get married. However, longtime friends of Mark said that they found her behavior kind of off-putting and told him not to marry Janair because she prevented him from seeing his friends and just didn't get along with anyone that Mark hung out with. But despite reservations by his friends, the two did get married in October of 1993. It was a big wedding, and the two were so excited to start their lives together. Mark graduated from the University of St. Francis in Fort Wayne with a bachelor's degree in design. He worked as a magazine publisher, real estate developer, and gained some experience in the advertising industry before co-founding a branding agency in 2001. It's not completely clear what Janair did for work during this time. It appears she worked for Mark's branding agency, Gerardo and Inc., at some point, and she sort of stayed in that marketing industry for the rest of her career. The young married couple decided fairly early on that they didn't want to have kids. Instead, they decided to become dog parents. Mark and Janair adopted two beautiful dogs, and they really looked like your typical middle-class suburban fairy tale because it was just the two of them. They would travel, go hiking, and spend a ton of time together. Mark said that the two were very happy. They had your typical married couple arguments from time to time. And Mark did say that there was never winning a fight with Janair. She always had to have the last word. But he knew that going into their marriage. She was much more outspoken and always said what she wanted to say. 
In 2008, the two were hit hard by the economic crash. Their marriage really took a hit as well. They began arguing more and more about finances, which is something that every marriage experiences at some point or another. Mark said that the two sort of fell into a rut after that. They struggled financially for a while and never really got back to financially how they were before the crash. However, Mark said in an interview with ABC that in November of 2011, the two moved to Greenville, South Carolina, where they both found new jobs in marketing. And he described this time in their life as sort of the renaissance of their marriage, meaning their marriage had new life and they were happier than ever. Now, they still had their arguments from time to time, but this was a good time in their life. So they were both working and Mark's job was going great, but Janair's job ended up not lasting very long. She ends up losing her job before 2017 and Mark said that really took away her confidence in herself. He said she was having a hard time finding another job. So the couple once again decided it was time to search for new opportunities and maybe have a new start somewhere else. Mark ends up finding a job opportunity and him and his wife both agreed it was time for a change. So there was an opening for creative director at the University of Delaware. It was roughly 600 miles north, but it truly offered the couple this fresh start they were looking for. It's unclear how he found out about the job, but when he realized it was available, Mark tracked down the person that was doing the hiring there and emailed them directly to kind of introduce himself and put his name out for the position. The woman who wrote him back was Meredith Chapman. Mark's childhood friend, Mike Hartman, said that his friend was excited about the job, but that Mark was more excited about possibly moving to this new area. The couple would be moving to Wilmington, Delaware, which Mark felt was a sign of success. Wilmington was known as being a high-class neighborhood, and besides moving to a nice area, Mark felt this new job would be a sort of growth in his career. He was excited for the opportunity. However, when he first went in for the interview with Meredith Chapman, he realized the woman who could potentially be his boss was 15 years younger than him. And he had his reservations about reporting to someone so young. But when Mark arrived for his interview and sat down across from her, he said, quote, When I sat across the desk from her, within five minutes, he said to himself, I've got to work for this person. He said she was so articulate and so energetic and passionate about the job, and she was so accomplished at her age to be in the position that she was in. He said, I was dumbfounded. Meredith Chapman was the university's director of digital communications, and at the age of 32, she ran for the Delaware State Senate, and she was named one of Delaware's 40 under 40 for young achievers. She was young, beautiful, and went after what she wants. There was nothing, it seemed, she couldn't do, and Mark was immediately enthralled by her. And when Meredith offered the job to Mark, he gladly accepted so Mark and Janair decide to lease their house in South Carolina, and in the meantime, Janair would stay back and get everything taken care of with her house, and I assume just get everything ready for the big move. That way, Mark could go ahead and move to Delaware and start work right away. So Mark moves to Wilmington and starts his life on the job with this young, attractive woman. And within the first two weeks, Meredith asks Mark if he wants to go have a drink together. Now, while out together, Mark sort of poured his heart out to his boss. He said, 
that he had lost his parents recently and his brother as well. And he just kind of spilled his whole life story. He said he also discussed his marriage as well. He said it was not anything negative, really, just sort of opened up about his marriage and some of the problems that they had had over the years. He said that she was so easy to talk to and that she was someone he felt like he could really confide in. He said that he started to have feelings for Meredith. He said he was confused by what he was feeling and didn't know what to do with it. I'm sure a part of him was just going with the motions. The two had mutual feelings for each other, it seemed like, and were just sort of letting it happen without forcing it. Then a week or so later, at their after their first night out with drinks, the two decide to go out on a more formal date. And that's when Mark really started to feel this connection with Meredith. She was always nice to him. She complimented him all the time. She told him what a good job he was doing at work. He said those were some of the things that he never heard from Janair. And that's the night that Mark and Meredith shared a kiss for the first time. He said immediately he felt horrible and told Meredith that he couldn't do this, that he could not do this to his wife. So he walked away that night knowing that he didn't want to pursue anything further and needed to end whatever it was that was between him and Meredith. Now, when he applied for the job in Delaware, he had also applied for a job in Colorado. And shortly after this date, he got a call to have an interview for this other job. So he decided to go for the interview and see what could happen with that. So he flies out to Colorado and sort of in the middle of this interview, he has a realization that he didn't want to take this other job that he wanted to continue what he had started professionally with Meredith, but also he felt the need and desire to see where his relationship could go with her as well personally. So on the way home, while in the airport, he texted Meredith Chapman and said he's all in. Which is so sad because here's Janair back home, unaware of this affair her husband has started, and it starts so fast, she doesn't even have a chance to stop it. But here's the thing. Meredith was in a similar situation. She was also married. Meredith had been married to a guy named Luke for nine years, and she had told Mark that the last three hadn't been good. She said it had all kind of been a show for the last few years. So the both of them were having these marital issues. No reason to have an affair, but still. So four weeks after meeting, the two started a full-blown relationship. And they were falling madly in love. Yes, in love. Mark told Meredith that he loved her a month after they met. And she told him she loved him too. It was a whirlwind romance. Mark said the more he fell for Meredith, the more he realized how bad his marriage was. Mark said in a later interview that he still loved his wife. And looking back on how fast him and Meredith fell in love, it seemed silly. Because there's no way he loved Meredith like he did his wife of so many years. But he said he was addicted to the feeling he had with Meredith, and it was real. But Janair is still back in South Carolina, so Mark basically had the freedom to act out this life that didn't include his wife and start this relationship with another woman. I'm sure he felt like he was in heaven. In that same interview I mentioned, he was asked what his thoughts were on people that say it sounds like a midlife crisis. 
He said that he wouldn't disagree with that. He was 49 at the time, and he was at the point in his life where he would ask himself, is this all there is? But he said that he and Janair had gotten into a pattern, and with Meredith, he got to see that there could be something else, and he was drawn to it. But just like every situation like this, the fairy tale doesn't last for long. By New Year's 2018, Janair moves to Delaware to finally reunite with her husband of 24 years to make that fresh start the two had talked about. But very quickly, Janair could tell something was different with her husband. He was distant and was acting differently. I'm sure most women can kind of sense when something like this is going on. It didn't take long for that feeling to kind of kick in that maybe her husband was seeing someone else. And once she met Meredith and heard how Mark raved about her at work, she put two and two together and straight up asked Mark, is it Meredith? Now, at first, Mark tries to deny it. Shocker there. And Janair actually pretended to believe Mark. But she knew in her heart that he was lying. And she did what most women would probably do. Go behind his back and try to find out for herself. <laughs> but she took it a little further than maybe most would. And she started actually recording Mark's conversations. She actually gets a recording device and somehow sews it into the lining of his suit jacket that he wears to work. And ends up hearing the private conversations between him and Meredith. And while she's getting these recordings and just kind of gathering information against him... She asks Mark about Meredith from time to time and seems to have information about Meredith and about things the two do at work. Things that she knows is happening based on these recordings, but Mark can't figure out how she knows all of this. She tries to keep everything a secret and continues gathering all this information. However, finally on Valentine's Day, she breaks down and tells Mark that she knows everything and that she actually had hired a company to seemingly bug his phone or basically clone his phone and send her all of his photos, his text messages, and I want to say it even recorded phone calls as well. But she doesn't admit to have like recording devices or anything like that. So on Valentine's Day, everything comes out. Mark finally admits to having an affair with Meredith, and he actually said that he was in love with her. Mark said it wasn't pretty, but when he admitted to being in love with Meredith, he said Janair was kind of shocked and in kind of quiet at that point at his at his honesty and his his blunt um brutal honesty of being in love with another woman so shortly after that mark said that he and janair ended up going to see a marriage counselor but you're like why you clearly want to be with meredith and he did and he said him and janair had different intentions when it came to going to these sessions now in a later interview mark explains his plan wasn't really to fix his marriage what his plan was, I'm not sure, but he said that he and Janair had two different feelings about this counseling. They each had separate ideas of how it was going to go. However, on the day of their second session, Mark was putting on his jacket and he noticed something in the lining of his pocket. He said he thought it was a security tag that might have gotten left on. So he ends up cutting into the lining and finds the recording device that had been planted inside his jacket. So he discovered this recording device and that he knew Janair had planted it, basically. And the two go to their second marriage counseling session. And Mark confronts Janair. 
and she blurts out everything else she's done. Apparently, she had reached out to Meredith's husband, Luke, and told him about the affair, and she had also sent a letter to the University of Delaware telling them about the affair between the two that worked there. She really put it all out there and tried to destroy Meredith and Mark's relationship. However, she says that she would stop planning any recording devices. She would stop trying to sabotage everything and just let it go. But little did Mark know, Janaire continued her obsession with this affair because she told Mark that she felt that he and Meredith had a plan. What this plan was isn't clear, but she said she wanted to know every detail of their plan or plans. It comes out later that she had planted recording devices in his office at work. She had also opened a separate bank account and secret credit card days after Mark admitted to the affair, and she would purchase equipment for her sort of elaborate surveillance. In credit card statements later released to Mark, he said that he discovered transactions from a lock picking kit he believed she used to break into his office, computer hacking software, DNA testing for his clothes, and a sophisticated GPS tracking system she personally installed on both his and Meredith's cars. On the actual GPS maps, there were two icons, one showing Mark's car and one showing Meredith's car. She had named his device Lying Jerk, and she called Meredith's device Whore. (laughs) Not only that, where it gets a little more psychotic to me, is when I read that Janair had started a daily routine of logging Mark and Meredith's conversations. She had transcribed, word for word, these conversations. There were 12 notebooks found that showed the words like handwritten. Now, at that time, Mark was completely unaware of just how in-depth Janair's surveillance was. He was completely unaware of all this. He knew about the recording device. He knew she had told Meredith's husband and told the university where they worked. He didn't know anything beyond that. So, the two went to their second marriage counseling session during this time. But it was after that third session that Mark broke down and told Janair that he wanted a divorce. Now, keep in mind, at this point, Meredith's husband had found out about the affair, and the two of them started the process of their divorce. So obviously, Meredith is going to start pushing Mark to do the same thing. I mean, divorce is horrible, but at this point, it seemed necessary. And after Janair sent the letter to the university, Meredith and Mark had to start looking for new jobs. And Meredith actually got a job as the assistant vice president at Villanova University, which is a private college in Pennsylvania, which is only about an hour away from the University of Delaware. And Janair's plan sort of backfires here because this allows Meredith and Mark to leave the university they worked at, knowing they couldn't be in an open relationship there, and allows them to start fresh somewhere else with separate jobs and sort of be able to get out of their marriages and start a new life together. So they're both making these plans and talking about their future plans together. The two pick out an area to live in what's called The main line, it's known as a wealthy suburban area in Pennsylvania. It's a wonderful area to raise a family, a very safe community. I mean, these two really started planning a happy future together. 
But one night, Mark and Janair get into a huge fight because Mark finds yet another listening device after she said she would stop recording his conversations. Mark said he ended up flipping a table over out of anger and completely went off on Janair. He said he wasn't proud of some of the things that he said that night and what he said we'll never know, but it wasn't pretty. And that night, Janair actually threatens to jump out the window, seemingly saying she's going to kill herself. Mark said he was so scared at that moment that he didn't know if she was doing it for attention or if she was being serious. So he begged her to go see a psychiatrist and really get some help mentally. And she does. She goes to see someone for her mental health, and she also starts seeing a divorce coach by the name of Sheila Brennan. It seemed like she was getting the help that she needed and getting someone to help prepare her for this impending divorce. Because she's in an unknown city with no support system. She had no job, and her coach said that she had huge fears of being left financially. So she needed someone to kind of be on her side. Sheila tells her that she really needs to find a job because she had made tracking her husband a full-time job at this point. Sheila said, I just kept thinking it would be better if she could just go to work so she wouldn't be so obsessed with it. And she tells her coach that she'll start looking for a job and start trying to, you know, stop obsessing over this. So, so at this point, Mark kind of tells her that divorce is definitely going to happen. And he plans to submit the papers for divorce in May once he gets his residency requirements. Don't know what that means. I don't know why that, you know, we're just on your time here, Mark. I mean, come on, dude. That was so annoying to read. I couldn't even tell you. But Janera started to work on herself and she comes up with kind of a list of requests, if you will. It's really like a list of demands um, of what's going to happen here between the time they make the list and the time that they submit the papers in May. She said she wants to continue living together and she wants the two of them to spend more time together. She wants to go out to dinner. She wants to go on hikes like they used to. And he obviously felt that was odd that she wanted to spend more time together, but he also wanted to try his best to make sure his marriage ended on as good terms as possible. He wanted to keep Janair as happy as he could. So he agreed to her request and said, although she had her occasional breakdowns about the situation, for the most part, she was acting completely normal. So now let's talk about April 23rd, 2018. It's a Monday, a beautiful day outside. Meredith is finishing her day at work at Villanova and posts a beautiful smiling picture on Instagram with the school kind of in the background saying she couldn't be more excited to be Villanova University's new assistant vice president for marketing and creative services. She went on to say, just a week on the job and I'm already feeling the love. Mark and Janair planned to meet for dinner to discuss divorce agreements since it was close to May. The marriage was coming to its end. They had decided to apply for divorce on May the 6th. And Mark said at this time, Janair really seemed to have come to terms with the divorce and seemed to be in a good place. So the two had plans to meet at the restaurant in Newton Square, Pennsylvania. Mark said he got a table outside because it was a beautiful spring day. He sits down and waits on Janair. Mark said he ends up getting a text from his estranged wife saying that she made a wrong turn, that she was going to be late. I'm sure he said something like, that's fine, you know. 
see you when you get here. But when he gets another text 10 minutes later, it simply says, I'm not coming, just go home. Then she texts him a picture of a trash can with what looks like a condom inside. Now, Mark realizes this is actually Meredith's trash. So he thinks to himself that she's gone to Meredith's house and is outside snooping through her trash. So he jumps in the car and starts driving to Meredith's home. During that time, he gets three more texts from Janair, one saying, you ruined my life, another saying, I hope you never find happiness, and lastly, it said, bye, Mark. He said as he's paying the bill and getting to his car, he's trying to get in touch with Meredith, and she's not responding, so he's driving over there, thinking Janair went to her house, the two probably got into an argument, and who knows what Janair has said to Meredith at this point. Mark has about a 10-minute drive to Meredith's home in Radnor Township, Pennsylvania, from the restaurant that he was at. So it didn't take much time for him to get there. When Mark gets to Meredith's house, he walks around to the back of the house and peers into the window to see if he can see anybody inside. Now, I thought this was kind of odd when I first heard it. Why would you just try knocking on the front door like a normal person? And maybe he did, he just didn't say that, but... When Mark peers in, he can see Meredith lying face down in the kitchen, and somehow he gets inside. Again, not sure if he has a key or what, but he goes inside and tries to wake Meredith up. Not really sure what to think at this point, but he sees what he calls a small flick of blood on Meredith's calf. So he runs outside and sees one of Meredith's neighbors, Tim Mulvey. Tim said that he had heard some commotion and had come outside to see what was going on, and Mark immediately told Tim to call 911. The neighbor ends up going inside the house to see what had happened, and he saw Meredith lying on the floor with her keys still in her hand. Tim said that he thought Mark had actually hit her or something, thinking she was knocked out. Tim said he felt for a pulse. He didn't say if he felt one at the time or not, but that he actually started looking around for a weapon that Mark could have hit her with. Again, his thought was maybe these two got into an argument and Mark hit her because all he sees is Mark freaking out and not really explaining what's going on. But Mark ends up looking around too and ends up seeing Janair's body lying on the floor just a few feet away from Meredith. And he runs to her. He initially, not really recognizing who it is, but as soon as he sees her face, he could tell it was his wife. And he said, quote, Oh, baby, what have you done? Tim calls 911, and Detective T.J. Schreider of the Radnor Township Police Department heard the call come through on the radio as two deceased bodies. He said, in this community, you rarely get calls like that. So he rushes over to the scene, and he said it was chaotic. There were a lot of police officers already there. So the the scene is sort of taped off already, and... Detective Schreider and a few of the other investigators try to go inside the home. And one of the first things they noticed was the front door. So Meredith's home has a closed-in front porch. So there was that first door that puts you onto the porch, and then there was an inner door that led you into the house, if that makes sense. And he said that the inner door had a section of the glass broken out, close to where the door handle is. 
So he was thinking it was a break-in gone wrong, you know, robbery gone wrong kind of thing. Now, during this time, Mark was kept away from the house, and he had explained to the police that one of the women inside was his wife, and the other was a woman that he was having a relationship with. And he said he was really freaking out. He was yelling at the officers and telling them to go help them. And he said there was a lady that kind of comes up to him, grabs his hand, and stops him and says, they're gone. And he said, I lost it at that point. Now, because this was clearly a homicide involving a wife and the mistress, Mark was the prime suspect, and he was immediately taken down to the police station for questioning. And the first question was obvious. You know, they asked, did you shoot and kill these two women? And Mark immediately was like, wait, whoa, what? Shoot them? He was like, they were shot? He had no idea. He said once he found out that they were shot, he knew what Janair had done. And he was right. Janair Gerardo had broken into Meredith Chapman's home, shot her, and then turned the gun on herself. And it didn't take long for police to come to the same conclusion. At first, Mark couldn't fathom that Janair could be capable of something like this. He said she was never, ever violent never showed any sign of wanting to cause physical harm against anyone. But sadly, she did. And Mark would later find out what all Janair was planning and exactly what all she did leading up to the crime. It obviously didn't take long for this case to gain national attention, and everyone made Mark, in his own words, public enemy number one. And honestly, rightfully so, in my opinion. And he sort of became a recluse and stayed out of the public eye. And it was during this time that he himself became obsessed, obsessed with finding out why Janair did this and how she could have made it appear that she was moving on and going to be okay. But in reality, she was planning this horrible murder-suicide. As I mentioned earlier, Mark later found out that Janair had set up a separate bank account and separate credit cards in order to buy these things to track her husband's every move, including every move of Meredith's. But that was not all that she did. She had actually started planning the murder weeks before it took place. Come to find out, while Janair was seeing her divorce coach and her psychiatrist, she had also secretly purchased the murder weapon. Mark later discovered the receipt showing that she had bought the gun close to five weeks before she used it. He also found the box she purchased for the gun. He said the most chilling part was when he saw the receipt dated five weeks earlier, so For five weeks, Janair had a gun inside the house the two were still sharing. The gun she planned to use to kill someone. He said that there was, that was one of the hardest things to come to grips with. Her divorce coach, Sheila, said that she appeared to be thinking about the future. Speaking about where she would move and where she would work. She said it was literally like two different people. It was the person who was planning the future and then it was the person who was planning the end. She totally had different plans that had nothing to do with divorce. Further evidence came out that Janair had gone to a shooting range three times before the murder. The last time was just a few hours before she took the life of Meredith Chapman. When Mark looked into it further, he realized that he likely spoke to Janair while she was at the shooting range. There's a recording from the call the two had Recording on one of the listening devices that Janair had planted in Mark's car, she could be heard saying she was going home to do taxes, when in reality, she was practicing for a murder. 
Lastly, a letter written by Janaire was found revealing she had begun writing it weeks before the crime, laying out all of her thoughts and plans about the murder. It said, They cannot get away with destroying my life for their gain. Mark Gerardo moved to Carlsbad, California in 2019. He wrote a book called Irreparable. Three lives, two deaths, one story that has to be told. He said he believes that talking about what happened would help others who might be in similar situations. He said, quote, I wish I wouldn't have hurt her because I loved her and I still love her. I wish I could take it back. He said, I broke her heart. And more than anything out of all of this, my regret is breaking her heart and making her feel like she had no other choice. What a horrible ending. I feel bad for Janair. I feel bad for Meredith. Neither deserved what happened to them. I mean, Mark is clearly the problem here, and had he not had the affair, this would have never happened. But it's clear that he needed out of his marriage prior to having an affair, or prior to continuing on with his marriage when he had said he was all in with Meredith. I really think he made it 10 times worse by staying with Janair, even though he made it clear they were getting a divorce. I think he should have just gotten away with Meredith, hired a lawyer, and did what he needed to do. Now, maybe him and Meredith would both have been killed if that happened. I don't know. I just feel like he should have ended it much sooner. And one last rant before I end today's episode. I said I feel bad for Janair, and I do. But there is no man on the face of this planet including my husband, that I would go to prison for or that I would kill myself for. I love my marriage and I don't know what I would do if he did something like this to me, but I'm not ruining my life for anybody. I mean, I'd take a bullet to protect my family and I don't know that I would shoot anyone. I probably shouldn't say that I would (laughs) to protect my family, but I would do anything to protect them. And I know a lot of people that would do the same, but You have to think long and hard before you do anything that could take you away from your family or take you away from, you know, not even like husband and kids, but your own person. You know, Janair had parents and, and, you know, family in her life that loved her. And she took herself off this earth and has ruined their life. So you have to think about that when it comes to doing something like this out of anger because you don't want somebody else to be happy. Go be happy for yourself. Karma will take care of them. I promise you they will. And usually in relationships that start like this, end. And it's sad. And they're going to have a sad life. They were not going to live happily ever after. I could tell you that. The best revenge is being happy. And proving that you're better than that. And proving that you're better than them. So just think long and hard before you do anything that could take you away from your family. Whether that's going to prison or worse. So with that said, that is the end of today's episode. It was a tough one. It was a little different than the ones we've done before because there's multiple victims here. There's multiple people that did wrong and two ended up dead for it. But as always, I would love to hear your thoughts on today's episode. So head over to the podcast Instagram page and let me know how you feel about today's episode. I'll be back in two weeks with another new episode. Until then, Stay safe. Bye.